0: Welcome in Hardcore Penn State football. Hope you guys enjoyed your weekend. Hopefully your fantasy football team's wrapped up fairly well. Fantastic guest for you today, Tommy Stevens, former Penn State quarterback and lion. Gonna join the podcast for an extensive long interview, probably the longest interview in Hardcore Penn State football history. Uh, Talking recruitment, talking his time at Penn State, uh, his relationships with people at Penn State and Mississippi State. A lot of awesome stories and conversation for him. Really excited for you guys to hear it. Um, We're just going to get right to the interview. So enjoy, everybody. Welcome into the show. Tommy Stevens with us today and uh, how are you doing? Congratulations on signing with the Calgary Stampeders. Did you just go up there? How did you try out for that? Kind of run us through how that all went down.
1: Cool. I appreciate you having me, Corey. Thanks. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about the opportunity and, um, you know, it's the next step on the road for me and uh, I'm really excited. Um, as far as how it came about, I mean, it's been, it's been something we've been looking into uh, for a little bit of time now. You know, I was kind of holding out to see um, if I was going to be given another opportunity, uh, to go play in the NFL, um, you know, a lot of teams were, were, were pushing the idea for me to play tight end and, you know, with, with my inexperience in uh, the position and, you know, trying to do it at the, at the, at the highest level, obviously I, I struggled a little bit with that role. So, um, you know, now I'm going back to, uh, you know, kind of what got me to this level and, you know, playing quarterback is, is what I want to do. Um, you know, I enjoy, it a lot, you know. It's got me to this point in my life, so I think that that's where I'm gonna have the most success. So, um, you know, was was given this opportunity, you know, they contacted my agent, and, um, you know, that's that's kind of how it came about, I guess.
0: Yeah, the rest is history. Now, I'm not as familiar with CFL rosters. Do they have around 53 people? How many quarterbacks do you think they'll hold on to? Do you, how much um, of that do you know as far as where you're gonna be on the depth chart, et cetera?
1: So I don't know exact. Uh, numbers um, you know I'm sure there's some differences I mean there's an extra player on the field so you know that might give them some more room as far as uh, keeping people on the roster so I don't know exactly what the rule is there um, as it stands right now <clears throat> you know there's there's three other quarterbacks in the room um, yeah. you know I, I think we obviously which you know with me added is four um, but I believe that two of them still need to restructure contracts in order to be back with us. Um, again, I'm not 100% sure. Um, but you know, I, I think that there's going to be four of us in the room. So uh, I'm not really sure what, um, you know, what, what's going to happen. Obviously, you know, it's got to go in and compete and, um, you know, do my best and, and help, help in any way possible.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's not like you've, uh, never had to compete for a quarterback position before in your
1: <laughs> um, absolutely
0: we'll get we'll get into a little bit more of the quarterback competitions and stuff like that but you know I was I was reading through all your you know your, your journey and it is kind of an insane journey and I, I want to kind of start from the beginning and and throughout I kind of take a little pauses and, and ask questions related to to your history about things that are kind of going on right now so let, let's start from the beginning. Uh, your big-time quarterback from Indiana, three-star commit or three-star prospect. Uh, I believe you are in the running for Gatorade Player of the Year in the state of Indiana. How did the recruiting process go for you? When did Penn State reach out to you? Was it a was it a can't miss? Once Penn State offered you, kind of run us through that and, and who really um, uh, who you really gravitated towards and, and why you chose Penn State.
1: Yeah, so you know my recruiting process was um, you know it was what well, I'm sure everybody kind of has like their own story, obviously. And everybody thinks that, that theirs is pretty wild. Um, but I definitely think that mine was, was a little bit different than most, you know, it's tw- 2015 class of 2015, um, you know, bounced around trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And um, you know, there's, there's a lot of different opportunities that I was given. And I think that, you know, really, cause I didn't start getting recruited until my junior year. Of, uh, of high school. it's kind of like my first year starting at quarterback. I took over as a sophomore late in the year. Um, but, you know, I still had a lot of growing left to do. Um, I was, you know, tiny, six foot one, six foot two, 160 pound quarterbla- uh, quarterback playing, you know, 5A football, which in Indiana and central Indiana too is a pretty big deal. So, you know, I had some growing to do. kind of took off as a junior and then uh, kind of sparked my my recruitment. And so, you know, early on, you know, I kind of got some smaller, schools that, that offer first, um, you know, some guys actually offered me to play defense. Um, and so, you know, they had a lot of different opportunities and, you know, the thing that kind of set my um, recruitment off, I guess, was, was when Michigan state offered me and that was, you know, right after they had won the Rose bowl and, you know, they were kind of like the, the big dogs of, of the big 10 at that point. And so I want to say that they're in the top five in the nation Um, as far as, you know, team wise, I think they're, uh, you know, within the top five teams in the country. And, um, you know, once they offered me, I I kind of started rolling and, you know, towards the end of my um, junior year of high school, you know, things have changed a little bit, I think now, but, you know, that was about when quarterbacks started um, committing and, you know, I kind of felt like I didn't get too much time, as far as because you know, my, my recruitment process had just started, I didn't want to you know jump into any decisions quick. And, um, you know, one thing led to another. I felt really good about the Michigan State deal. Um, I liked them at first. Um, and then uh, Brian Lewerke, I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. He ends up committing to Michigan State. And so, you know, I thought I thought I was going to end up there at one point. And then when he committed, that was kind of like the first time where I was like, okay, like that offer is gone. You know, I, I no longer have uh, that as an option. So, you know, these things, it kind of sped sped me up, I'd say. And so uh, I got to the point where I felt comfortable enough to commit to Indiana. Um, I really liked what they were doing at the time. I really liked, uh, you know, the direction that the program was headed. Um, I felt, you know, I was close to home, 45 minutes away. I felt good about it. I was really excited about that and I uh, committed. And so at that point, you know, I'd only had one conversation with, with anybody from Penn state and that was Charles Huff. And uh, he actually, he was the running backs coach while I was there. And he, um, he was at, I, I believe Western Michigan before that. And he had offered me at Western Michigan. So that, that was kind of my connection to Penn state. You know, he left that job and went to Penn state. And so um, you know, I, I talked to him a little bit. was kind of wondering if that was going to be a thing. You know, he said that I had to come out to camp in order to get that offer, you know, Penn state being eight and a half hours away from home, you know, wasn't exactly dying for a Penn state offer at the time. And, you know, I uh, was kind of just like going with the flow. And then, you know, shortly after those conversations happened, um, Brandon Wimbush actually committed to Penn state. And so it was kind of just like, you know, that's, that was what it was. And so, you know, I get going into my senior year. Like I said, I'm committed to Indiana at this point and I'm really playing well as a senior. Um, And, you know, some teams started to, to call, even though that I was, even though I was committed at that point. Um, And a lot of things happened across the country too. I mean, there was quarterbacks with with what they called you know, the domino effect. And, you know, a lot of quarterbacks were decommitting and going other places. So if I remember right, um, USC was able, I I believe Ricky Town was the kid's name. He was like one of the top kids in our class. He was committed to Alabama. Well, he decommits and he commits to USC. So then Alabama goes and gets Notre Dame's guy that's committed. And his name was um, Blake Barnett. I believe he was like the number one guy in the class. So they get Blake Barnett to go to to Alabama. So then Notre Dame ends up getting Brandon Wimbush. um, And that was kind of when Penn State came back to me. And so I remember having the conversations late. This is late into my senior year. And it was kind of funny too, because, you know, Notre Dame was kind of recruiting me at the same time that they were Brandon. So I was able to meet Brandon and Brandon was on his official at Notre Dame. I was just there visiting. Um, I meet Brandon there kind of, you know, see what's happening. I understand like, I, I'm pretty sure he's going to end up going there. Uh, as I'm leaving Notre Dame, I got a call from uh, Coach Ronnie, who's the quarterback's coach at the time. At, at Penn State and so um, you know I wasn't dumb I understood what was happening I was like okay like you know kind of like the you know, backup plan at that point was how I felt so they uh, you know they 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 recruit me at that point I start recruiting me coach Ronnie actually comes out to a game I played pretty well they offer me the next day so I'm like damn like that's you know it's Penn State you know it's and I understood that you know it was a huge deal Penn State offering me and I was like, okay, well, I'd be doing myself a you know, a disservice if I wasn't at least going to go check it out, you know. And um, But I'm in the end of my my senior season. I don't want to be a distraction to my teammates, and I want to do what I can to win. Well, the same day that they offered me was the same day as our, like, playoff draw, and we get the first first-round bye in school history. So I'm like, all right, well, you know, here's a weekend that I can possibly go see Penn State. You know, we don't have a game. I'm a, all right, so I'm going to look up the raw or look up their schedule and see, you know, if they have a game. Well, they did have a game and they're playing Ohio State at home for the whiteout. <laughs> so, that
0: worked I, out well.
1: yeah, it did. It did. So it was the year that Ohio State ended up winning the national championship when Penn State took them to double overtime. That was my official visit. So, um, you know, it was rocking, obviously. You know, I, I, I fell in love with the place. Um, it was beautiful. Um, and you know, I, I still, to this day, couldn't be happier with my decision, man. I, I love Penn state. It was, it was great to me. Um, you know, I, I don't know if, I don't know how anybody could have walked away from that. And, um, yeah, it's just such a great place, man. I love it. I wish I could go back and do it all over again. It went fast. Um, but you know, it was the rest is history. Like you said, man, I, I loved it.
0: Yeah. You name dropped a lot of people there. Charles Huff had him on the podcast, I think last May or so. He's a head coach now at Marshall. Of course, Ricky Rainey's at Old Dominion. I mean, two guys that were part of Franklin's staff now gone on to head coaching positions and, and done fairly well so far. Um, you know, that quarterback class it was pretty phenomenal. Um, oh yeah. So Some really top-end dudes that were, were a part of that 2015 class. Kyler Murray, Jarrett Stidham, Sam Darnold, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Kelly Bryant. Um, and then, of course, and those are just dual threat guys. And then you also had some pro style guys that were, which it's kind of funny thinking Sam Darnold as a as a dual threat. I mean, I know he had some legs, but uh, Josh Rosen, uh, DeAndre Francois was a big deal when he came out. You had Jake Browning, Drew Locke. I mean, there's some top end dudes on this list. Keep scrolling down that list, you'll find um, you'll find uh, Daniel Jones down there somewhere too. Yeah, I went to Duke, absolutely. So so you had some serious dudes that were, were a part of this class. And um, it is kind of funny how that works. I'm curious, though. So when it's something like the Brandon Winbush situation happens and it's pretty obvious that they're coming to you, Penn State's coming to you because, hey, they got to find a replacement, is that just an unspoken thing between you and them? Or do they straight up are like, look, like, we wanted you, but we didn't think you were as good as Brandon, but now we want you because he's gone? Like, how is that just kind of like just – low-key not talked about, or, or what? Oh, yeah. what's that dynamic like? Of course not, of
1: course not, they definitely didn't mention that, but that was, you know, I, I've i become, or I wouldn't say become, I feel like I've been like this for a long time, I, I wouldn't say this was a grudge, but, you know, I, I understood the the, you know, the the situation, and I, uh, you know, I felt like I was under-recruited, I felt like, and I, I feel like you got to play with a chip on your shoulder, that's kind of a part of it, you know, and I, I'm glad that things worked out the way they the way that they did. But, you know, I was I was kinda angry that, you know, people thought that these guys were better than me. And um you know, I kinda took it as okay, you know, they they didn't want me at first. And that was kind of how I went into it. You know, growing up and seeing it now, I mean, hey, I guess kind of how it was and I wasn't nearly (laughs) it like wasn't nearly as polished as a passer at that time that Brandon was, you know, I, I understand that completely. And there were a lot of guys that, you know, at that point I'd only been playing the position for two years. So, you know, I had a lot of growing to do still. And, um, but, you know, that wasn't something that they were going to be like, Hey, you know, you're definitely, you're, you know, they went into it and it's just, it's recruiting, man. And, and, you know, to coach Franklin's credit, man, that's, that was, you know, it's always been something that, that he's been very, very good at. Um, even dating back to his days at Vanderbilt and even before that, I'm sure as an offense coordinator and, and, and those things. So, you know, he's, he's very, very good at recruiting and, um, you know, it was that it, it worked, <laughs> you know, obviously they got me, I mean, it was, uh, and, and I'm, I'm I say that kind of jokingly, I mean, I, I loved it. Like I said, if, if I could go back, I would do it again. It was, um. I wouldn't change a thing because you know I loved my time at Penn State. I wanted to be a part of, you know, the the teams that were going to bring Penn State back, and I believed in Coach Franklin's vision. I believed in you know the guys that were going to be uh, my teammates, and you know I I, I take a lot of um, a lot of pride in you know being a small piece that that helped bring bring Penn State back to you know national. Um, recognition and, and and all of those things so
0: yeah I mean you're absolutely part of it and we're going to get to that part of it too because I think it's you're, you're a fascinating story to that kind of 20 really the 2016 all the way to 2018 kind of phase of Penn State but when you first got to Penn State were, were you always told quarterback I mean obviously we know what happens later on down the road um but was when you first got on campus, was it quarterback or bust, or were they already kind of saying, "Hey, you know, you're pretty athletic. If you, you know, if you want to see the field a little bit earlier, there's there might be other opportunities." What was what were those conversations when you first got on campus?
1: Yeah, so it was actually um, it was never brought up by them to do you know what ended up being famously known as the lion roll. That really wasn't. I felt like I kind of you know eventually. I don't really know how else to put it, like bullied my way into getting it. <laughs> like, like there was, I, I, I they never really came to me were like, Hey, like, you know, you're not going to see the field. Like, um, unless you do these other things, like it was never that conversation, you know, it was always, you know, quarterback first, um, you know, develop Cause you know, again, back to where, you know, like I, was, like I was just saying, I'd only been playing the position for a couple of years. So I still had a lot of grooming to do in order to become a, um, you know, a passer first. So you know, as time goes on, you know, obviously, you know, the competition and all that stuff happens, Trace wins, you know, becomes the starter and, you know, it's getting to about week four, I think was week four, week five, somewhere around there. Um, and, you know, this is after my red shirt year. And, and back when I was there, you know, the red shirt rules were different. If you played one snap, you burned your red shirt. So I think right. now you get like four games, I think, to play without burnout. Which, right. You know, is, is, is awesome for these kids. Like I'm glad it's that way because I think it should be that way. Yeah. Um, but you know it's that point point, you know, i hadn't i hadn't been tackled i hadn't made any contact with anybody and you know i had a running a running clock in my phone that showed me like it was like something crazy like 673 days had been since i had been tackled you know it's just like like damn I, mean, I think most quarterbacks don't don't think about those kind of things but that wasn't i wasn't like most quarterbacks and so you know i was i missed it like i said i played safety you know, when I, was, when I was in high school. So I kind of missed contact, you know, and um, eventually got to the point where I was like, hey, Coach Moorhead, this is when Moorhead was there. And I was like, hey, Coach, like, yeah, can I run down on kickoff? Like, can I do something? Like, I'm tired of just, you know, standing here. I feel like I can help out in some way. Like, I, you know, I, I'm I, a physical guy. Like I, like I said, I played, had offers to play safety in high school. Like, I can help out somewhere. Like, I just, I don't want to just sit here and just watch. Like, I want to contribute so you know I go into his office with this me and coach had a great relationship and I was able to you know because you know sometimes you can't you can't have those conversations with with coaches and you know it'll come off as selfish and you know, me and Coach had had a great, good enough relationship to where I could, you know, express these things and and let him know how I was feeling. So, you know, I go through this whole spiel about let me be on special teams, let me play, you know, let me run down on kickoff, let me do something. The first thing he looked, he looks at me, he's like, "Well, listen, you're not running down on kickoff. That's not happening." And so, I didn't think that was gonna go over extremely well. <laughs> he's like, "That's not happening." And so, he's like, "But." you know with that being said you know we do have some things in in the works that you know we think we're gonna get you on the field and, you know that was kind of how it uh how it came about and so um like I said that was like week five week six you know luckily the week after that we were we were blowing Maryland out and I was able to get in for my first uh you know college snaps and I uh you know we didn't unveil the uh, the lion package I guess and it, it, <laughs> that's another funny story in itself you know it was never called that until like a press conference before um i think it, we got into the next year so i believe it was i was gonna say i don't think for, it was
0: official until 2018 right that's what i was gonna it. say i
1: think it was like the press conference for uh, the fiesta bowl was like the first because it appeared in the um on the roster as the lion and right so like i this was nobody ever told me this like i i didn't know about this i didn't know that they were gonna cut. like i didn't even know that i was gonna get my own spot on the roster it's like the 12th starter you know and so um i thought it was cool um you know i, I it was kind of random i i didn't need it you know I, it wouldn't like i needed that you know I, but i understand like what what they, they you know they felt good enough about me that i needed to be on the roster i guess and
0: Well, and also, I mean, it's it's also for them. It was an opportunity for you know, it was sort of a recruiting tool too. I mean, it's another way of saying, hey, we can get. Doesn't matter what position you play. If you're athletic enough, you know, we can find find a a spot for you and make it look like you're you know you're officially starting. Even though sometimes you were you know used as a decoy and sometimes you only got a couple catches here and there. But I want to pause you before we go down too far down that road because, um, as you probably know, there is a quarterback set to enroll early here at Penn State and five star quarterback Drew Aller and he's obviously receiving a lot, probably way too much attention than than any 18-year-old, 17-year-old needs at this current moment. If you could you know, if you were in that quarterback room right now and 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 you were able to give him some advice as far as what to expect, um, you know, what he should be doing and, and really kind of how he should present himself because you were a talented. You were one of the best, you know, athletic guys in your state. I think you were ninth overall in your state. Um, then you come to Penn State, and there's a lot of other really athletic guys that are, can also, you know, play their positions extremely well. What advice would you have for uh, Drew Aller?
1: Well, I think Drew's a great player. You know, I've been able to turn on his tape a couple times. I mean, obviously, I still follow a lot of Penn State people, and I've, I've seen like you know this hype circulating around him. So I wanted to check him out too. Um, you know, I don't know much about Drew. I've never talked to Drew. Um, but I do think he's a great player, and I'm excited he's going to Penn State. Um, the best advice that I could give Drew or any player is, you know, just be coachable. And it's going to be different for Drew. It, you did say he's enrolling early.
0: Yeah. Yep. He, he he's literally got, I think, like three or four days, and he'll be on campus.
1: I gotcha. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's cool, man. It's it's good that that he's going to be in there. Um, you know, everybody's at their own goals. Everybody has their own, you know, aspirations, and you know, you kind of if you know if he's anything like me he, he's probably got it you know the picture painted in his head of how his career is gonna go and um you know all these things and you know it never really goes that way you know it never okay. goes exactly how you expect it to and that's okay you know i i'm a firm believer in you know visualizing success and i think that you should do those type of things even if it doesn't end up working you know I, i've had i've had multiple things that i've kind of seen in my head that didn't end up happening and i've had um you know things that did end up happening i think that it's you know I think it's a part of, of being successful and being able to, uh, to grow. So, you know, it's being coachable, um, being able to em- embrace a role, uh, whatever that role may be. You know, if, if, if Drew doesn't play in a game this year or next year, you know, maybe, you know, whatever, whatever they end up seeing or doing with him again, I don't know much about what, you know, they've told him or anything like that, but, um, just being able to to go in work hard, Uh, lead in in small small ways at first you know start by just leading you know the guys that are in your class um and you know eventually those you know that that will expand to other areas you know the older guys will see that and um you know the best way to to gain respect i don't think is coming in and, and verbalizing what to do it's just you know showing up and doing the work and so um you know drew if you're listening get ready because uh, the winter workouts if if big d just still running the winter workouts the way he did when i got there it's going to be uh, some fun times this fir- this first semester so uh, and that goes for anybody that's early enrolling you know they, the the strength program there is is top notch is a lot different than what i was used to in high school and um you know much needed it was it was it was a big um i don't really know how how else to put it like a, a, a you know, facing reality I was like, wow, like I'm actually here, you know, I'm doing these things. Like I'm, I'm early enrolled at Penn state. You know, sometimes I would just, you know, get lost in the everyday process and just look up on the wall and be like, damn, like I'm actually here, you know? And so, right? you know, it's, it's, it's a unique opportunity. It's a blessing. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, man, to show up and do the work and good things are going to happen.
0: Yeah. And it's, you know, I, I believe Ben Jones wrote an article and caught up with uh, Christian Hackenberg because Hackenberg, obviously, when he came out, he had the same kind of aura around him. You got to be around Hackenberg for a year during your redshirt season. What were you able to learn from him during that time? You know, I feel like you can take something out of, you know, different people. And I feel like Hackenberg was a lot different than Trace. What was something that you learned from Hackenberg before he left?
1: You know, I love being around Hack. Um, you know, I, I still you know, somewhat keep in contact with him every now and again, um, you know, we'll talk. And I remember I actually talked to him um, most recently, I guess, right before I got to new Orleans and I was just, you know, kind of picking his brain and, you know, I'm luckily, luckily um, I've been able to, you know, keep a good relationship with him, even though we only spent, you know, about a year together. But, you know, once I, right when I got there, I remember, you know, just trying to take what I could, obviously, you know, I knew big time recruit, um, you know, done a lot of good things early in his career there. And, um, you know, I, I looked up to hack. I was like, damn, like this is, you know, he kind of showed me, you know, how it's done. And, and that was, that was good for me. And, you know, kind of going back to, to drew, that will be Sean for him. And, you know, it's great. You know, we were able to do these things. It's just, you know, it's a revolving door. A lot of these things, you know, I'm sure everywhere across the country. I remember I got into the room, I was there and there weren't, there weren't many guys. It was, it was me uh, Billy Fessler, Trace, and, and Christian Ackenberg, that was it, that was, that was the group, and so, um, I think they have a lot more guys there now, but, um, you know, I was able to look up to, to those guys, and, and they helped me a lot my first semester, because, you know, I, truth be told, I wasn't ready, I wasn't ready right when I got there, I kind of got hit in the face with reality, I was like, damn, like, I, I, you know, I'm out of shape because I, I hurt my shoulder my last game of my, uh, senior season and I had wisdom teeth surgery before I got there. So like I showed up at the Penn State, like the worst shape of my life. <laughs> and so I, I get smoked with winter workouts and, um, you know, I was struggling. I was, I was the first time I've ever been far away from home. Um, you know, I was my first semester with stuff, you know, all my friends are on spring break and I'm sitting here doing winter workouts, you know, I'm like, damn, like this is, this is tough. But, um, you know, I'm kind of going off off topic here, but, you know, those, those guys will help and, you know, getting back to hack, you know, he was able to show me the ropes and that was, that was really, really important. Even if he didn't, you know, if he doesn't know how much of an impact he had on me, you know, I, he helped me a ton, even indirectly doing it for me, you know, he he would do things and I would just kind of watch from afar and say, okay, like, you know, this is how it was done. And, um, you know, hack is a, is a huge staple um, even though you know he wasn't a part of the teams that you know won the Big Ten and went to the Rose Bowl, won the Fiesta Bowl, uh, Hack had so much to do with that, um, and he doesn't get nearly enough credit for it. So, uh, huge, huge helpful piece for me uh, personally in my development as as a player. Um, and he was a good dude too, man. He was he was awesome to me. He helped me out a ton, and uh, just you know trying to balance. Being a student athlete, so I'm really, really thankful for the ways that, that Christian was able to help me. Yeah,
0: that's cool. I love hearing, you know, especially in the quarterback room because you guys are a little bit more tight knit. You know what your your guys' thoughts are, what you guys took from each other. Let, let's move on to the 2016 season because I think when people begin to think about what you guys were able to do, it all obviously started in 2016, and and that was a season. And I, I think it's so funny because there are Penn State fans so often talk about the 2016 season like it was. All roses and things are going really well, but for for really, you know, the first half of the season, people were booing James Franklin, uh, people were were complaining about everything related to Penn State football, um, and and yet things turned around. You know, I think most people would point to that second half of the Minnesota game as really the turning point. And when Urban people, Charles, Urban yeah. Charles
1: catching the 65-yard touchdown changed the season.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. I think was it, it might have been Joe Moorhead who had the quote of the ball caught him. I, yeah. I, someone someone said that after the game. I thought that was really well said because it did kind of feel that way. And shout out to Urban Charles. I think he just declared for the NFL draft. So he did. Um, he did. Nice to see him still kind of doing his thing. Um, so
1: talented, man. So talented. Yeah,
0: yeah. He, I mean, when him um, and Jawan were there, I mean, just absolute freaks that were that that were there. Um, but yeah, th- I them, think that two,
1: was... them two, them two, and Brandon Polk were all uh, all receivers in my class, and so um, I don't remember exactly what Polk ran. I want to say it was like ten four in the hundred or something ridiculous. Um, so yeah, we had some we had some good receivers in in that class.
0: Yeah, and I think Polk ended up at James Madison. He did.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's did. what I
0: thought. Um so that I think that was kind of the, the the turning point um at least for me and I remember being there and it was an awful day in Minnesota or when that Minnesota team came into town and winning in overtime and it it felt different. I remember getting home that night and I was like wow like shouldn't be that excited about beating, beating Minnesota but it really felt and we didn't even know it was going to happen later on but it just felt at that moment like things had kind of changed. What about for you? What was kind of that turning point? What is that moment that you're, that you're always going to remember about the 2016 season? It could be as simple as the Ohio State game. It could be as simple as maybe the Iowa game or maybe the Big Ten championship. But for me, it was that Minnesota moment. What was it for you?
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, kind of like I already said, you know, Irv catching the touchdown was, you know, changed our season. And uh, you know that, that, that season in particular has you – know, it's full of moments that I could point to and be like, man, this was – it was just such a cool year. Um, like you said, a lot of things didn't go our way in the beginning. I mean, we start out two and two, um, you know, we get smoked by Michigan. We go to pit and get beat, um, which, you know, it it felt like, damn, like, this is, we're, we're so young. Like, you know, we don't, we don't really know how to win. Um, and then, you know, we kind of figured it out. We figured it out really quickly. So we beat, we beat Maryland that night, um, in overtime, like you said, um and then after that i believe was when we played maryland um we beat maryland we get the bye and then we beat ohio state and so you know after we beat ohio state we were like damn like this is this is wild <laughs> you know because at that point you know we had never beat it we at least you know i was young but a lot of the guys on the team had never beat ohio state <laughs> so i remember um I vividly remember Grant, you know, obviously everybody remembers it, but you know, when they, when we walked the field goal, Grant picks it up and scores and it was so loud. Um, you know, the ground was shaking and and I'm not over exaggerating one bit. I mean, the ground was literally, I could feel it. It was shaking. It was so loud and I was standing less than two feet from Michael Schuster, who was a quarterback in our class. Um, who's actually now at old dominion helping with coach Ronnie, um, shout out Michael Schuster. I looked at you and I, I said, man, I said, we're gonna win. <laughs> it's like, we're, gonna, we're gonna win. <laughs> it's like, we're gonna beat these guys. And you know, it's been a close game the whole night. And we just couldn't really I mean we were struggling a little bit on offense. We couldn't really get much going. I, I say as as much as I believe in, in Coach Moorhead and um, you know, all the guys that we had at that time, if Grant gets tackled inside the five and that kicker was moving, if he gets tackled inside the the ten, the five, we might not score a touchdown there. And we were down I think four at the time, so we needed to score a touchdown. In order, I, I don't know if we
0: would have scored. So thank God he got in. Um, yeah, um, anything as far as guarantees against Ohio State is is never a hundred percent a guarantee. I I hundred percent agree with you. I I don't know. That's a whole that's a whole different universe that parallel universe you'd be living in if. Well, Kevin how about Stake this?
1: Stuff how about this? The play before, if you remember, the play before the block field goal.
0: John G. Reed G. G. almost Barrett, intercepted.
1: JT Barrett gives John Reed an absolute gift. I, I still don't know how John dropped it. And that would have been, that would have been wild too. So, um, you know, that is, it's crazy how things happen, man. It really is. And that was kind of, that's, that's in a way, that's, that's kind of how the season went. I mean, it was just a lot of, a lot of things went right at the right time for us that year. And, uh, you know, we needed a lot of, a lot of help. I remember we were, you know, fast forward a little bit down the road, we're playing at either indiana or purdue i can't remember but i do remember we were in indiana and we're on the plane exactly. and we're watching. Yeah. yeah it would have been either at purdue or at iu and um we're about ready to fly home this is this is a crazy moment too so we're sitting there and i'm sitting next to uh tom pancoast and billy fessler and uh you know it's it's showing our game the highlights from the game on the plane and we're watching and uh, it comes across the bottom on like the little uh ticker and it says Penn State has like 1% chance or something ridiculous to make the the Big Ten championship. And so, uh, I kind of just like look at Billy and Billy looks at me and he's like, So you're telling me there's a chance? <laughs> <laughs> well, that that night is when Iowa beats Michigan, right? And so, um, obviously our, our odds went way up after that, and um. You know, the rest of the season we were just counting on obviously us winning out and uh, Ohio State beating Michigan, which they did. So, um, you know, just more things going right for us.
0: There's a couple of things else I want to talk. The Iowa game, probably one of the bigger games. I think this is really when people started knowing who you were, um, because I believe that's the Iowa game where you actually were able to run the ball a couple times. It yeah, think, is,
1: yeah. It's the first time we, we did the, uh, like, the Lions stuff.
0: Scored a touchdown in that game in the, right around the student section. And I and I think you ran over cornerback Desmond King for Iowa, who ended up, I believe, winning the Thorpe Award that year.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. It was either that year or the year before. But, yeah, he was a big-time player. Obviously still making plays.
0: What was that moment like for you? I think you had five rushes for 70 yards, scored a touchdown. What was that moment like for you guys? Um, In, in some regards, Iowa Penn State – Typically a really tough matchup, and yeah, while you guys were there, you, you handled Iowa pretty well, especially in that game.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, you know, was, like I said, it's the first time that we've you know unveiled this this lion stuff, and um, you know, it's actually my first touchdown. I uh, I scored against Maryland, and like when we were talking about earlier, that's like my first action. I actually scored, but I got called back for a hold which was not a hold <laughs> my man, John Holland was so upset for me. Cause he, you know, he thought he helped, he didn't hold the guy. And so, but anyway, uh, it is like my first carry in that game was the touchdown, the jet sweep. And, and like you said, that was kind of when um, I guess people started to, you know, the hype started building, I guess, around me. And uh, you know, I had a lot of, you know, like, I think he said five, I had five rushes that game there was I had the two, two big runs I remember obviously the touchdown and uh the next series I got loose for you know however many yards a majority of those 70 yards right um and you know end up being a really long run and man that that game was it was cool for me obviously you know score my first touchdown and at home in front of the fans everybody stayed uh I mean, man, we ran the ball. I, I wish I knew the exact number. I, I think we ran the ball for close to like six hundred yards that game, or something ridiculous. You know, like we we were we were rolling, and uh, you know that was I think when a lot of people and we we knew at that point that we were man we're we knew after we beat Ohio State we beat anybody, <laughs> you know, and um, I think that was kind of when everybody was like, damn, like this Penn State team's for real, you know, and um you know it took us into you know whatever game we ended up playing next and towards the end of the season just continuing to win and um you know it was just it was so great man it's it was cool because just being around the guys and the the, the relationships on that team were what made that year so fun man i mean it was just you know you showed up to the facility and people just enjoyed being there. We enjoyed being at practice. We enjoyed being in the list together, just everything about it, man. It was just, we were so, such a tight group and um, you know, it'll, it'll always hold a special place and you know, my memories and um, yeah, I wish, like I said, I, I think I said this earlier, I wish I could go back and do it all over again, man. Cause it was just, you know, 2016 is probably the best year of my life. <laughs> and and for a lot of people at Penn state, it was it's a great year for all of us. So.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. And just for the listeners, Penn State outrushed Iowa in that game 359-30. to 30. So there's the actual number for you. Yeah, not 600. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, if, I mean, I think, I think Saquon it was total yards, all-purpose yeah. yards. I think, yeah, I think you guys were at, yeah, 599 total yards. So there you go. There you go. That's the 600s, um, right? Right, there's a 600 somewhere. Win the Big Ten championship, Rose Bowl. I mean, we can talk about that, but I really want to start kind of getting into 2017. It's my own personal belief, at least talent wise, maybe not cohesion wise, and maybe that makes a difference. But I really thought the 2017 team was better than the 2016 team. Am I wrong or am I right?
1: I agree 100%. It was just, you know, pretty much everybody came back um, after that. You know, obviously we lose Chris Godwin after the Rose Bowl. He declares, and, um, you know, but for the most part, unless I'm forgetting some people, man, I'm, I'm pretty sure we br- we brought just about everybody back. And, um, you know, especially our main core of guys, you know, obviously losing Godwin was was tough. But, you know, we had Juwan Johnson ready to step up uh, next and we all knew Juwan was going to be good, too. So, you know, we still had so I had Mike, still had Deshaun, still had Saeed, still had, you know. I can go on. I can go on and on. And obviously, Trace, you know Saquon, Miles, me. Um, you know, just there's there's multiple guys that that you know. I'm just talking about yeah, offensive.
0: D- yeah, I was gonna say defensively. I know you, I know they lost Brandon Bell and Garrett Sickles. We did lose B Bell and
1: Sickles. You're right. Yeah. Um,
0: you had you saw Cabinda, I think you still had yep, Allen. Cabinda was back. Um, yeah, uh, Marcus
1: did- was back. Grant back.
0: Grant was back, okay, yeah, and obviously John Reed was only a freshman in 2016, yep. so he was so he was back as well. Um, 2017 was better, obviously, obviously not as good as results as 2016, and really the same for for 2018. Um, this is something that kind of bugs me, and probably obviously bugs you guys as well, losing to Ohio State in the way you did in both 20 in, in, in 2017 and in 2018. Probably, when you talk about bringing Penn State back, and, and there's no doubt, hey, you know, doing what you just said and, and going to those New York Six games and, and really making Penn State relevant again, you absolutely did that. But Penn State fans will still look at those couple years and kind of wonder what if.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When I think of 2017 and 20, 2018 against Ohio State, I, I think Penn State on paper – just as good maybe not a little bit better maybe not just a little bit worse than ohio state those two years it's really hard to look at that in 2019 and 2020 and 2021 and say you know penn state was the better team yeah is that chip are they going the wrong direction now what why were you guys able to get there and what i guess isn't there right now that was there you know from 2016 to 2018 and that's a tough question
1: sure yeah no i i definitely agree um you know, I'll, I'll even go out on a limb and say this. I think that Ohio State was better than us in 2016, the year that we beat them. I think that they yeah. were the better team. And then I think the two years after that, when they beat us, I think we were better. So, um, you know, especially when we were at their place, uh, that one, that one hurts a lot. You know, losing at home, that one sucked too. They, you know, they they were we were pretty even, I think, in in 2018. Um, but 2017 was the year that we were supposed to do it and you know losing there especially you know them coming back the way that they did and um you know obviously it, it, losing that game carried over into the next week you know when we lost at Michigan State you know it was um that one hurt that it, that one still hurts <laughs> and i'm sure it yeah. does for a lot of the a lot of the fans too i mean that was that was one of the tougher ones for us and uh as far as now, you know i I can't offer too much just based on the fact that you know i've I've kind of been um, you know busy with my own career, and I haven't been able to watch as closely, obviously as um, you know as I was when I was there and and going through it. But you know i I think that it was just man, our our momentum, um the way that we we cared about each other, the the relationships that we had with each other you know i'll take that over the team that has more talent every time just based off of being able to depend on guys and and then being able to um it's kind of hard it's hard to explain man it's hard to explain without you know actually being there and and feeling it there was just a different energy um in the locker room um and just in in really in state college at the time because you know i remember my first year you know you'd still get a lot of people in the stadium and um yeah I can't remember our exact record that year, but you know we weren't we weren't as good as we were in in the coming the next coming years. and you know we started so uh, excuse me, we started selling out the um the stadium, um, there was just something different about those teams, and so as far as advice, you know, I'm not really sure what the answer is. I mean, if it was, if it was that easy, I'm sure, you know, Coach Franklin and, and the guys would have, would have had it already. Um, yeah. But, you know, hope so. Give, give the credit to Ohio state too, man, as much as I hate to, um, you know, they just, this, what I believe this year was the first big 10 game that they've lost since uh, coach day took over, over there. So, you know, those guys have, have had a lot of success and, you know, they're very, very good. They're always really good. And, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully, Penn State can, can get back to, to beating those guys.
0: Okay, let's. I, there's two more things about 2017 I really want to talk about. Um, one being your relationship with Trace McSorley. I'm sure you could probably talk to about him for a very long time and, and your guys' relationship. W- what was it like? Um, you know, going to work every day with Trace McSorley, uh, and what is your relationship like now? So, you know, I don't, I don't know if I've ever publicly said this or not, but um, I've, I've definitely said
1: that, you know, me and Trace have a great relationship. I've definitely said that, but what I haven't said is, you know, going into it, you know, competing with Trace and, you know, I spent the first year with him and I got to know him. It was kind of like, you know, I didn't know him and I knew that going there, I knew I was going to have to compete with Trace. I knew that that was going to be, you know, my competition in order to get the job. And so, um, you know, a lot of guys will look at it like, Hey, you know, this is, you know, we're not gonna have a good relationship and this guy wants the same job that I want, you know, and I kind of went into it that way. I kind of went into it like, okay, like, you know, I'm not going to be friends with this guy. Like, you know, it's, you know, this is, this guy wants the job that I want. And, um, man, it was so hard not to like trace (laughs) is, you know, I, I felt like me and trace had so much in common. You know, if you go back to his career in high school, um, he did a lot of the same stuff that I did. I know that he played safety. Um, you know, he helped, he helped lead his teams to, you know, a lot of success and, you know, you know, you turn the tape on and you know, it's, it's kind of just like watching some of my tape, you know? And so the more I got to know Trace, the better our relationship got, you know, it was, it was impossible not to like him. And, and, you know, I, it's kind of weird for me to say that, you know, I tried to, I, I, I wouldn't say that I went into it not trying to like him, but, you know, definitely didn't expect us to have as good a relationship as we, that, we, that we do and continue to have. Um, he's such a likable guy, uh, just the, with the way that he, you know, he came to work and the way that he prepared, you know, obviously all the success that he had, that's great. And it's easy to like people when they had success, but. Watching the way that Trace would overcome adversity, and watching the way that you know he would react to things when they weren't going his way, uh, those those moments stick out to me a lot. And um, you know, he's, he's a great dude. We continue to talk to his day. You know, I I actually was in a group text with him today. Um, so you know, I still talk to Trace. Still talk to a lot of the guys that um, you know were a part of those teams. And you know, because like I said, man, we we're such a close close group and. Um, you know, we, may, we might not be as close as we were uh, then, but, you know, those relationships don't just, you know, go out the window once you leave. So uh, it's definitely good continuing to talk to, to a lot of those guys.
0: That's cool. And I think that is an important part of it. And I'm curious to see what this current quarterback room, what that kind of grows. you got three young guys in the current Penn State quarterback room and then, of course, uh, Sean Clifford there. So I'm curious to see how that room kind of develops. Um, it might end up developing similar to, how you know, your experience. We got to talk about this guy because I, he's he's personally one of my favorites. Um, I've had the privilege of talking to him a couple of times. He's I've never really had a bad conversation with him before, and that's Joe Moorhead. Uh, obviously, when he got to Penn State, he made an immediate impact on the offense. But it seemed like he made an immediate impact with everybody he kind of spoke to, and and even you know the impact he made in the community in Mississippi State. Wherever he goes, he seems like he leads a trail of people that really, really enjoyed getting to know Joe Moorhead. And there's a couple things, and then I just want to let you kind of just, just kind of spill the beans on Joe Moorhead, because I think this guy doesn't get talked about enough. Um, two things come to mind lately. He just took the Akron job, where he just took over a $500,000 pay cut just to be closer to family and also see his own son play football. On top of that, I've heard a story of in the twenty seventeen Iowa game, and I don't know if this is true or not. But in the final play, he actually just kind of backyard football drew up a play is is in the huddle. Is that true? And then and then I and then you just go from there, and I'll let you kind of just talk about Joe Morehead. Okay, I'm I'm just gonna go right to the Iowa thing because I'm gonna forget about it once I start talking
1: about Joe. Um, the credit on that one goes to Josh Gaddis. Um, so the play, the play that we had, you're, I'm assuming you're talking about the touchdown. Yes. Um, that was a play that was not supposed to be ran as close as we were to the end zone. That play was for a little bit farther up the field. We we kind of felt like we were going to run out of room running the play. But, you know, once once Gat brought it up, it was like, man, like this is, you know, I I'd like the play. I just feel like we're going to run out of room. So if you go back and watch that play. Deshaun Hamilton almost catches – or, not? sorry, he doesn't almost catch it. He almost runs into Jawan. Right. They almost collide. I mean, that how bad of a meltdown would that have been if Jawan and, and Deshaun would have ran into each other? It, that, that was – obviously, the play worked. Um, I still love the call, but that was kind of what we were worried about. We were we didn't have enough space to run it. So, that one, I would – it was Gaddis's idea. I, ultimately, um, Joe had to call it. At least this is how I remember it. I mean, I, I, I guess I could be wrong. I, I'm pretty sure that was how it went down, though. Um, that's good to know. That's good to get clarification we, <laughs> but on, on. But stories yeah, that yeah. Will be it, legends forever. Basically, kind of drew it up in the dirt. That's that's really that's a great way of putting it. But um, you know, back to Coach Morehead, man. It's yeah, you know, I, I can't say enough good things about the man. Um, personally, um, he's like a second father to me. He's he's always been great. Um, You're right. He doesn't get enough. He doesn't get talked about enough. Um, But, you know, he's 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 truly one of the good guys in the business. And there's a lot of, um, you know, coaches in the business that are going to tell you one thing uh, and do another. And, you know, it's unfortunately became the nature of um, of college football, especially I can only imagine with this NIL uh I think I believe it's NIL, right? The yep. the deals or whatever these kids can do now. And I think it's good that, that guys can do this. I do I really do. I think it's good that they can make money off of uh off of their own name. Um but you know I, I don't you know the floodgates are open at this point. You know, I've I kind of seen from the outside looking in that the Caleb Williams kid, I believe, uh from Oklahoma is kind of like going into the portal just to see what's out there. You know, like mm-hmm. it's, and, and I guess, who am I to say <laughs> that you can't just do that? But, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know, man, it's, it's going to become a money grab, I think and at, at at a certain point, who knows what the rules are, but I'm getting off topic, but
0: that's okay. That Joe, was actually a question later on. So you just nailed that one for me.
1: Love it. Love it. Uh, Joe is, is truly one of the good guys, uh, in the business thing. I could go on and on and talking about Joe and he, uh, Huge piece to our success, obviously, you know, he changed, he changed the way, uh, you know, our offense at that time looked at ourselves, let alone, you know, it it really, that spring, man, he, he changed our whole mindset and, and the way that we do things and, um, you know, he, he made us the aggressors at, at, you know, at that time the defense would whoop up on, on us every day. and Even when he got there, they'd still whoop up on us for a little bit. Um, but, you know, once Joe got there, we started punching back and, and um, obviously huge piece to our, uh, our success at Penn state. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm so excited for him to, to be at Akron, that place that he's been before. And you know, I spoke to him not too long ago. He's, he's really excited to be there. And, uh, and, and to be, you know, in that position. So um, couldn't be more happy for him. Uh, my man Billy Thessler is going to be the quarterback's coach there, uh, which is, you know, awesome for him as well. And uh, another one of the guys that we had at Mississippi State that wasn't a Penn State guy, but he's he's going to be uh, – Joe just does so much for so many people, man. It's never been about him. Um, you know, he, he's he's the ultimate guy's guy is <laughs> the best yeah. way I
0: can. He's just a guy trying to be a dude. And the Billy Fessler was another question a little bit later on. I'm also happy to see him not be a part of Ohio State's coaching staff anymore. So that was a <laughs> yeah. two birds, one stone thing right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: I am happy that, that Billy was able to go back to the Rose Bowl and, and, and win one, um, but glad to see that he's out of the red.
0: That, that's a good point. You know, that you made that seem a little bit better, so I I appreciate that. Um, this is where it's going to get a little tough. Um you know, you, you know what kind of happens after the 2018 season for you. I mean, do you have to give you credit for the 2017 um, Wolf of Wall Street tweet? Because obviously that will forever be awesome. And I'm not going to make you regurgitate things before. I mean, I know you were on the Adam Brenneman podcast before, and, and you talked about it then and talked about, you know, you weren't scared of the competition and how that those kind of things, you know, stuck with you for a little bit. Um, but I also want to give you a chance to – explain why you left and, and how much did Joe Moorhead impact you going? If, if Joe Moorhead wasn't an option, if, if if Mississippi State wasn't there, you know, would, would you have considered staying? And kind of just break it down for us and and, and why you decided to, to, to leave. Yeah, no, I was going into the portal regardless. Um, okay. You know, I, I,
1: I went in not knowing that Joe would be on the other side. Um, you know, there's obviously the thought, but, you know, I, I didn't know if they were ever going to come uh, knocking on the door. You know, it's just I didn't it was, I kind of had to jump over the wall to see what was on the other side. And so, um, it was definitely in my head, but, you know, I didn't know if, if they'd be there, but, you know, I knew that kind of like, you know, like you already said, I've, I've kind of told the story before, you know, the long, the long version of it, but, you know, the condensed version is, Hey, you know, I just didn't feel like, um, I was their guy. Hey, really? That was really what it came down to. Um, you know, I wasn't scared of the competition. Um, and I wanted it to, to end on the, you know, the perfect, the perfect way, but, you know, it just wasn't going to end up happening. So, um, I don't regret it. Um, I do wonder sometimes what would have happened if I would have stayed, obviously, I mean, who wouldn't, but, um, you I know, mean, it worked out for me, man. I, I was able to get, uh, drafted, get to the NFL. Um, you know, I, I did that and, you know, I, now I've got another opportunity to go play professionally in the CFL and, um, you know, I wouldn't change my story, even going all the way back to high school, man, I wouldn't change my story one bit, you know, I, I've got a, a very unique um, story, uh, a lot of, a lot of cool things have happened for me along the way, let alone, I mean, sure, I've had some bad stuff happen, but, you know, who doesn't, <laughs> it's just, if if the worst thing that that ever happened to me was, you know, something that happened while I was living my dream, I mean, that's, not That's not really all that bad, <laughs> you know it's not really all that bad, so i I have not i you know i I wouldn't change anything i'm I'm happy with the way that things have have played out for me, and you know I still think that my best football's ahead of me, so i uh you know I'm gonna continue to to work and you know we'll see what happens but um you know as far as is that situation, man it's um you know it's over, yeah i it, you think about, you know, whether or not you could go back and, and change things. But, you know, like I keep saying, man, it's things happen to you. And you know, it's all about how you respond to it and how you bounce back from it. And, you know, that's that's kind of how I feel about it, at least. So,
0: yeah. And I don't know if you were talking earlier about Christian Hackenberg, but that last little bit, you sounded just like Christian there. And the way you kind of <laughs> oh, man, that. about that. You, you you hammered those ones home perfectly. I, I This is one question I have. And if you, you don't can't answer it or you don't feel like it's, you know, it should be answered. That's fine. But there's this thing, and it's I, I don't really know where it's come from, but it's a very, I don't know, a certain perspective that James Franklin is sometimes too loyal and sometimes loyal to a fault when it comes to certain players. And I've always been under the impression, every time I've talked to him and I've heard about how he does things, is that he doesn't promise playing time to players, that it's a very slippery slope when you start doing that. But there are certain examples if you go back and look where you're like wondering, well, it's pretty obvious this player was better, but this guy still at least started. And there was, there's some, you know, where you're wondering, like, does, does someone have some sort of, you know, blackmail over somebody? Because it just, everyone knows that this player is better, but, but the other player was still playing. And I guess it's two questions here. One, were you ever promised playing time? going into that spring because it it was April when you decided to, to enter in the portal. Where was it? Yep. Or was it, Hey, you're going to have to f- compete in the summer and nothing's promised. And then have you heard those same kind of rumblings before, or maybe you can kind of put an end to it. But again, if, if that's too personal, I understand you don't want to answer it. You know, I don't I'm
1: Trying to think of a way to, to answer this. I, I do think that, that coach is, is, uh, is loyal to his guys. Um, you know, as far as like too loyal, I don't know if there's such a thing. Um, you know, you're either loyal or you're not, and yeah, you know, I don't necessarily think that you know he's out to get anybody. And you know, being a being a head coach, you got to make tough decisions, and so it, it's impossible to keep everybody happy. It really is. I mean, you go look across all the rosters in college football, um, somebody's unhappy somewhere. <laughs> you know, and there's mm-hmm. there's, there's going to be guys that are unhappy, and so. You know, I was in a position where, look, I, I had been there for this. Is, that would have been my fifth year. Um, I early enrolled. So I I went through, you know, what, however many spring balls. That is three or four because you know, I'd been hurt. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I had this lingering foot issue that I had to get uh, taken care of. You know, I played the whole 2018 season with a broken foot. Right. And so, um, you know, obviously that was miserable and um, was able to finally get that that cleaned up. So the reason I had the surgery before the bowl game was to give myself a chance to be ready to compete in the spring as much as I yeah. hated to do that. you know, I didn't want to just like walk away from the Citrus Bowl. I mean, but in order to, to give myself a good chance to, you know, compete for the job, because like you said, that that is the you know, that's how they do things there. And for a guy that wants to get into coaching one day, I understand completely. And I told him that I understood completely. I understood why they couldn't name me the starter at that point. As far as uh, um, getting to the point where, you know, I had been, you know, told some things like, look, like, cause I, if you remember, I was thinking about leaving the year before and leaving <laughs> with two years of eligibility left, um, they're like, look, we're going to expand on this, you know, the lion package thing. Um, and you're going to get, you know, you're going to play like 20 snaps a game, whatever. And, you know, that just doesn't end up happening now in their defense, my foot was broke. So I understand that has, you know, implications on, you know, what they planned on doing with me. But, you know, at the time I thought that that was just kind of like, you know, they're trying to just get me to stay. And, um, You know, being able to take a step back and look at it from, you know, the outside looking in now, um, you know, I can't fault them for not wanting to name me the starter just because, you know, if you're going to if you're going to preach to your team, like look, there's competition at every position. um, You can't just go around guaranteeing people playing time. I thought that my my situation was a little bit different, though, just based on the fact that I had been there for so long. Um, You know, I've given you countless reps. You know what I bring to the table. And with the time that I had been away, I felt like they had seen enough of Cliff to be able to make the decision. I wasn't asking them to promise me playing time. I wasn't asking them to promise me um, the job. I thought that they had enough information there to make their mind up. And they never did. They didn't. They told me that they wanted me to to compete in the summer for the job. And, you know, I felt like somebody else was going to give me a a, a better better chance at it was was kind of how I felt at the time so um you know for better or for worse I just felt like I had given them because you know you go back and you know selfishly you know I I, I never felt like um you know I I shouldn't have been the guy and I think that that's a, a perfectly normal thing to say and I'm sure you know it's not a shot at Trace in in any way because I'm sure Trace feels the exact same way I'm sure Trace right. feels he, that he was it, the yeah, best option you weren't just Right, you know, it's I and so uh, you know, like I told you earlier, it's kind of like I I, I held some sort of a, a grudge. Like I was like, man, I, there's nothing that he did that I felt like I couldn't do, and um, I was I was pretty um emotional in 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 that time of my life, and I don't think I made the wrong decision to leave. I really don't. Um, I really believe that I had, I had to do what was best for me at that time, because I felt like, you know, my whole career at Penn State, I always put Penn State first, and I always tried to do what was best for, you know, the team, and uh, however, you know, I could help us win games, I was always going to do, you know, so for the first time, I felt like I had to do what was best for me, and, uh, you know, as unfortunate as it was, I had to step away, and I had to go play somewhere else, but uh, you know, who knows? Who knows? Maybe I would have stayed and, and I I would have never been given the opportunity to play quarterback, you know, or who knows? I would have stayed and you know, we would have won the national championship. You know, who knows? I mean, there's no there's it's just, you know,
0: coincidental, maybe even a little ironic now that we head into this year and, and now Sean Clifford. I mean, people, it's an interesting story because that that's where this loyalty question kind of comes in. It's like, OK, well, everybody including every Big Ten defense, now knows exactly what you're going to get with Sean Clifford. I mean, that's pretty – I mean, if you didn't know back when, you know, he was competing against you, you definitely knew you know now. Um, and now you have an interesting situation. You have Christian Veyu there that has played some. And obviously you have two incoming uh, quarterbacks that obviously are going to compete for the job too. And it's that almost exact same situation where they head into the spring who knows? I'm sure Sean still has some lingering health concerns because he got beat up. He even left the outback bowl. So who knows exactly where his health is. But you know, it's hard to imagine he's hundred percent right now. And so you kinda go into this same scenario where well you could you could make the, the case for Sean Clifford being the starter based off what you've seen, or you could say this is what we're gonna get from Sean and that's you know, that's that do we have a higher ceiling somewhere else? So I'm curious to see, and I think, you know, the conversation with you is is a really well-timed one because it's early enrolling is about to start. You're about, you know, people are so excited for the new person to come in, right? And and it's such a coincidental, ironic moment with where Sean is now. And I guess, what advice do you have for these guys? Because there's a very, you know, there's a a scenario out there, and it's not that far-fetched that come April you know at the same time you decided to, to enter the portal that Sean Clifford could be entering the portal based off of similar conversations he's having with James Franklin i mean that's a very that's a real distant you know possibility what advice do you have for Sean Clifford um and, and also these young guys trying to come in and compete yeah um you know there's a lot of different ways
1: that i could go with this as as far as advice um you know I, I I do think that that Cliff um, gets a little bit too much blame and and based on what I've seen um, you know from you know some of the fans, I feel like uh, you know Cliff hasn't really in it everything is cured with winning, you know and and Penn State's coming off of two of the rougher seasons in recent memory. and um, you know I started off great, and then you know the the wheels kind of fell off a little bit towards the end. Uh, you know with you know some injuries and you know untimely injuries i would say and um a lot of moving parts happening. and so uh, you know cliff is cliff's going to be ready and what cliff brings he's very very talented obviously I mean he wouldn't be at Penn. he wouldn't be the starting quarterback at penn state if he wasn't talented and so um you know, Cliff brings a lot to the table, and and I've I've known Cliff since we were both in high school. You know, he's Saint X guy. not too far away from me. We did a lot of camps together. We've worked with a lot of the same guys, so I've I've got a pretty good relationship with Cliff too. And um, I know Cliff's going to be ready to go, whether that's at you know Penn State or if it ends up being somewhere else. I'm not I'm not saying that that's what Cliff is going to do. I mean, I, I have no idea. Um, but you know, whatever whatever ends up happening, I think Cliff's going to be ready to go. Um, And then for the younger guys, man, it's just, you know, you got to continue to develop and continue to learn what Cliff brings is experience. He's got a lot of uh, game reps underneath his belt. And, and really uh, is it, is it Vayu? Vayu would be the only other guy with, with reps um, in the room. So uh, you know, they're going to, they're going to need to work together, obviously, because, you know, if something does happen to Cliff again, if he stays, which, you know, last, Couple of seasons he he has gone down a couple of times. You know somebody else is is going to play. So um you know working together and you know more so for the the man. I guess the Vayu kid was the true freshman this year. Those guys I'll, I'll even consider him with the two early enrollees. Man, they're going to have to you know be ready to go. <laughs> I mean because you know anything can happen. Um, but kind of going back to what I was saying about the the Drew kid. Man, show up, do the work. It's just you know that's that's kind of been the um. You know what i what i've been able to you know hang my hat on is i've never been upset for putting in too much work you know it's it's way better to be prepared and not get an opportunity than to get the opportunity and not be prepared so um you know that would i feel like and you know i feel like that would eat me up a lot more than you know being ready to go and not getting the opportunity because you know i i I always felt like i was ready um, and, you know, Trace did a good job of not letting me get too many of those opportunities. Uh, you know, Trace is a tough dude, man. He took some shots, uh, you know, a couple times where I grabbed my helmet. I thought it was time. And, um, <laughs> you know, it was it was uh, there was a moment in 2018 when Trace originally hurt his knee um, where I thought that was I, I mean I thought the injury was a lot worse than what it was in my mind I was like okay like you know here it is this is this is what you waited for and it's it it sounds bad to say um you know out loud but you know it's kind of you know my way of getting myself going And I was like you know traces is done and you know here it is here's your moment and you know I was I was able to come into that Iowa game and um you know, be a, a piece to kind of help him get the game turned around because things were going very, very bad, if you remember, at that yes. time for us. I mean, uh, you know, they think the punt or a field goal or something, they were up like 14 to nothing, and then, you know, the, the all-time leader and, you know, every passing record in Penn State history, you know, looks like he's going to be done for the year. I mean, everything that could have gone wrong is going wrong. And we were able to turn that thing around and, um, I believe, tie it up or... Um, I don't remember exactly. We either tied it up or brought it within like three points or something uh, right before halftime. And that was a huge moment for me because, you know, I, I, am this is the first time I'm in a game playing quarterback when it mattered, you know, it it wasn't up duty. It wasn't utility role. Like you're the guy you're going, and this is what you came to Penn state for. And so um, for me to go in, play well, feel like I'm rolling, you know, feel like this is, it's time, you know, here it is. Um, and for that to, to be taken, I guess, from me and before I go any further, I think that it was the right move. Trace felt like he was good enough to go. He had earned the right to, you know, put himself back in the game. And obviously he was good to go. Um, but I wasn't thinking like that at the time. And that, that crushed me, you know, that was, that was a huge moment for me because, you know, I felt like, like, you know, that switch turned on for me. And then just like that, it's gone again, you know? So that was, that was a really, really tough moment for me. Um, And, you know, those things are going to happen. So, uh, you know, going back to those younger guys, man, just you got to be prepared for, you know, even some of these things that you're—it's impossible to prepare for. You know, you gotta find ways to to get yourself going and um, you know, live in the moment, show up, do the work. is are the are the best ways that I can uh, offer advice to those guys.
0: What was your Mississippi State experience like? I believe you still had to compete. I want to say his name was Keonti Thompson. Is that is that yeah, correct? Keton. Yeah, Yep, yeah. yep. Uh, K T is the the easiest way to. to... How much, yeah? How, how much of a competition was it when you got there? Because he was there previously, right? He'd already been there, right? KT kind of had a similar role to what I had at Penn State, um, right?
1: Up until that point, KT had played a couple games. Uh, the the starter at the time, uh, Nick Fitzgerald, he'd gotten banged up a couple times, so KT had more, uh, probably more game reps than I had at that time um, going into that. But, yes, 100% had to compete with him. And then uh, a guy named Garrett Schrader as well. You might recognize the name. Um, I actually hosted Garrett on his visit to Penn State, which uh, was kind of a unique, uh, you know, turn of events that, you know, end up that in the really, quarterback. That is really nuts when you think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I helped host uh, Garrett. And, you know, unfortunately for KT, you know, he had uh, he had some, like, lingering issues uh, throwing the ball, you know, his shoulder was kind of banged up, uh, throughout camp. Um, so, you know, he had some, some things go wrong. And then, um, you know, so really a lot of the time it was me and KT, don't get me wrong. KT was competing. Then he had to step away for a little bit because he was, uh, banged up a little bit. And then Garrett started getting more reps. So it's kind of like a three-way competition between all three of us. Um, you know, I, I, was the most consistent and uh you know earn the right because that was you know it was, it was coach moorhead's team and joe's never gonna just give me something based on you know me being his guy you know i was his guy at penn state and i wasn't playing you know what i mean i think you know and not to say that trace wasn't his guy too but i think i get you, you know you understand what i'm saying like i was gonna have to earn the right to be the starting quarterback and uh you know i did i did at that point and um was playing really, really well up until the point where I got hurt against, uh, Southern Miss. I had a grade three tear of, um, or, you know, it ended up being a tear of my AC joint. Um, so, you know, my collarbone was sticking straight up and, uh, on my throwing shoulder. So, uh, you know, a lot of the, I never really, uh, recovered from that. And obviously that had implications on me throwing the football and, and, you know, lowering my shoulder and, you know, trying to run people over because, you know, I got this AC sprain and, um, you know, a lot of, uh, had, had some issues as far as, you know, injuries, excuse me, that year, um, which kind of puts a, uh, you know, sour taste in my mouth. Yeah. You know, obviously I wish it would have went better. Um, but I do think it would have went a lot better. I mean, at that point in the game, uh, where I hurt my shoulder, I was 10 for 10, I believe I was 10 for 10, two touchdowns, uh, had no incompletions and was playing very, very well. Um, and then boom, just like that, I separate my shoulder and, um, everything changes. So I feel like if I wouldn't have got hurt, we would have, we would have done some damage in the sec. Um, but I was never really able to fully recover after that. Um, yeah, I, I, I struggled obviously. And so, um, but again, I don't regret it. I don't regret anything that happened. I think things would have been different, like I keep saying, but, um, you know, kind of goes back to what I was saying in the very beginning of the conversation, you paint this picture in your head, you think that things are going to go a certain way and it never really ends up going that way. But you know, it's, it's just kind of my way of of preparing for things, I guess. And, um, again, man, I wouldn't change any of it for the world. So. All
0: right. Well, let's wrap this up. I got a couple of just quick hitters for you and and I'll let you weasel on out of here. Um, if you were back in school, kind of mentioned name, image, and likeness deals. First thought to your head, what would you try to get a sponsor for? What would you try to make some money off of? <laughs> you know, I haven't really thought about that. Um,
1: I feel like, man, can you imagine what Saquon would have done with this stuff? <laughs> can you imagine all the deals that he would have got? It
0: would have been uh, absurd.
1: Yeah, it would have been hard for me to get any of the deals because he would have <laughs> them all probably. <laughs> him, and, um, you know, him and Trace and...
0: There was some pretty, there was some star power on that team. He might have had to spread the love a little bit there There's a lot of personalities.
1: This is a side note, but I remember my first year, man I thought Deshaun was like the coolest guy on the team I wanted to be friends with Deshaun so bad <laughs> and so you know me and me and Deshaun were able to you know link up more the more I started playing one of the coolest guys on the team that you know that hasn't really i think he deserved a little bit more star power than and and he still had some juice. don't get me wrong. I mean this dude was uh one of the I wish I wish this story was out more I really do because Deshaun's one of the better guys that that we had around and um I've been lucky enough to keep a pretty good relationship with him too
0: there was a lot of there was a lot of especially the 2016 team and, and maybe that continued but the commenting on Instagram posts.
1: Oh my god! <laughs> it was—I mean—it was a mess, man. Especially between Mike and uh, Deshaun. Those—those those are some of the best that continue to this day.
0: I mean, what? Where did that? Do you know where that originated from? What? What was the? What was the beginning? I mean, I feel like people like people like making fun of Mike Isecki in the way he kind of presented himself to to, to the social media before he obviously went quiet. I mean, were, were people making fun of him? Was he, did you guys view him as a pretty boy? What was the conversations there between those two? You know, I don't remember exactly
1: how it went. I remember Deshaun would mess with Mike so much though, man. It was just like, and I mean, they were really, really tight friends. So they were able to do that. So that was kind of my end with Deshaun, I guess, was because me and Mike lived together and, um, Obviously, he was always messing with Deshaun, and so, man, they, again, man, just uh, back to the relationships thing, man, we were such a tight group that that was just one of the things that we did, I mean, I can't explain it, (laughs) I I have no idea how to explain how it became a thing, but it was, and, you know, kind of like everybody on the team in, like, 2016 having a grill, just because, you know, Marcus... Marcus did like, you know, the little lip thing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you know, and every, dude, I, there's no reason I should have had a grill. And I did, <laughs> you know what I mean? I can't, I can't explain that, but it's just, it was just one of those things that um, that we did and it was, you know, it was awesome,
0: man. Yeah. No, MG, you know, he has a fantastic story as well and what he was able to overcome and he always was down in Nittanyville a lot too. And then hanging out there a bunch. So he was, he was a fan favorite, especially with, you know, what he was able to do. He, another example of a guy when things are going poorly nobody likes and all of a sudden um you know things turn around for him in a big way and And i was lucky i was
1: lucky enough to be there for it all because like i said me and mike were living together at the time and so i was able to watch it all come full circle you know that spring um you know
0: did he miss social media you know he kind of lived through it through me (laughs) okay i was wondering how much that was actually Then he's like hey hey, hey, can you what what are they saying? He, he
1: hated he hated Twitter. He didn't he didn't care what people had to say. That was he stepped away because he was reading it too much, and it was really good for him. Um, I think he's back on Twitter now, but um, you know, obviously, everybody's probably loving him up. This dude's about to get so much money. <laughs> he, he's about to get paid. You know, that was that was a uh, that was an interesting time for him, and um, you know, I was able to lean on Mike through some of my tougher times too. And you know, I never really went through as much adversity that Mike was going through, but, you know, in a weird way, and me, me and Mike being very tight, I was able to connect to a lot of the different things that, that he was going through. So um, yeah, I'm so happy for him. I, I was on the phone with him the other night. He uh, he's doing, he's doing great. He's a great dude, big goofball. Um, one of the, one of the good guys too. I'm, I'm happy for, for all of his success.
0: Yeah, no, it's been, it's been fun to watch. All right, let's another quick, uh, quick hitter for you. Bowl opt-outs. It's been very popular right now. Um, it just seems, and I think this is, I believe James Franklin said that this was the first time he's ever had anyone opt out of a bowl. And of course, it's six people. And you know, ESPN got grilled for how they decided to sit on you know, in their in their chairs and, and kind of grill these players and saying they don't love the game as much. What's your perspective on it? Is that a fair assessment? Or do you think, I mean, obviously every situation is different, but it is more prevalent now. Um, even for guys maybe that you wouldn't expect, like, like I think people, I guess the perspective is like a Jahan Dotson, we get it. But then there's some guys who are just like, well, you know, you probably could have honestly maybe helped yourself if you played. What, what's your thoughts on it, especially since, you know, you, you played the game?
1: It's all um, you know it's all gonna be personal belief. I feel like, I and mean, that's where it's all gonna start you know if if you don't feel comfortable enough playing in the game, then I mean that's that's your decision to make, I feel like, and I understand why people are upset about it. I, I get it. Um, i don't I don't know honestly if if I was faced with the situation and I was a you know a lot top ten pick, I mean, I don't know if I would go play and uh, We'll just use the Outback Bowl. You know, I, I don't I don't know what I would do in, in that situation. It would be hard. Uh, personally, it would be hard for me to walk away. Um, it'd be hard for me to not play just based on the fact that, you know, I, I care so much about my teammates. And not to say that the guys that do opt out don't care about their teammates. That's not what I'm trying to say. It's just my personal way. It would be hard for me just to walk away and and, you know, and it's, it's probably a little bit different for a quarterback to walk away, too. I mean, I don't really know who to – I mean, you can use Kenny Pickett for an example. I mean, that team wasn't the same without Kenny playing in their yeah. bowl game. It's tough. It's tough. And, and I can't say – I don't know if there is a right or a wrong answer. You know, I, I really yeah. know. I think, and I'm, I, I I'm think you got to do what's best for you. And,
0: yeah, and I'm under the personal belief that – uh these Bulls really want these guys to play. There's no reason they can't cough up some money to get them to play. Or I didn't Saquon have some sort of insurance deal for that entire last season he was at Penn State? Like, heck, if, yeah. if I'm if I'm the Outback Bull, let me cough up an insurance policy for for someone if they really want them to play. You know what I mean? Like, Maybe
1: that's something they can end up doing. But
0: yeah, I mean there there is an insurance policy that you you uh,
1: you do get. Um, I you know saquon was thinking about not not playing and you know, he was pretty much that lock pick and he played um it's uh it's interesting man I, I was just having this conversation with my dad not too long ago about you know what's right and what's wrong because you know my dad my dad thinks that everybody should play you know he's old school you know he's like you know, I, I i could never i don't understand like i grew up and you know these these games you know were a huge deal you know right. a, I, I just don't understand and you know, I I see it more as you know these kids got to do what's best for them. I mean, it's it's a lot of money, man. It's a lot of money out there for for guys that are you know lock picks that are gonna you know, gonna get. And I, uh, I I I can't tell you what's right and what's wrong because I really don't know. Um, you know, I, I can't be upset at a guy trying to do what's best for him and his family. Like if one of my teammates were to do, I'm not gonna feel any different about them about them. Yeah, and I know, think
0: the players the players have been very supportive of, of whether
1: or not um, 100% because you know, you're actually living it. If, you, if you're the player, you're actually, you know, you have to live that. And I wouldn't, I mean, sure. I would be disappointed if, you know, my starting quarterback wasn't going to play in the game. I mean, I understand it has a huge impact on the game, but at the same time, I mean, you know, the kids got to do what's best for them, man. And that's, that's, that's kind of where I, I feel like, you know, you shame a kid for, for walking away now, if you know they're not exactly a top first round, second round guy, I don't know if it's if it's necessarily the right idea to walk away, but that's just you know it's my opinion. But who knows? Yeah, everybody's got to do uh, what they feel like is right, and you know.
0: SEC, Big Ten environments. Which one was t- which? Uh, which one's tougher uh, overall? Um And keep in mind, I do live in Auburn, Alabama, so I, I can kind of. I can kind of relate to some of what you're maybe gonna say, and if you don't want to give me which ones are tough, or maybe just a couple SEC environments that you know people should check out, you know, and and also you know, maybe some Big Ten environments besides the obvious that you really enjoyed, thought they were really cool, thought they were really tough, et cetera. Well, I never felt
1: the ground shake anywhere else that I played, so I'm gonna go ahead and put that one to rest. I think I think Beaver Stadium's the coolest place uh, that I was able to play. Um, I, I loved the home games, obviously, you know, it was, it was easy to love it because it was super loud and, and I wasn't on the other team, so <laughs> it made, <laughs> right. made it a lot easier for me to like it, but, um, you know, I played in some really cool environments, I man. I went, I was, you know, my time at Penn State, I was able to go see every stadium except for, uh, Nebraska and, uh, Wisconsin traveled to every big 10 place. It's just cause we didn't, we didn't play. I traveled every game that I was at Penn State. And uh, we just didn't play at those places. And so I was able to see all the Big Ten places. Um, obviously, Ohio State and Michigan stand out. Iowa, which, you know, the most people that haven't been there wouldn't understand. Iowa was so loud, man. It was so loud.
0: 2017 Iowa was insanely loud. For me. And it was hot. It, it was, like, super hot for being, like, 10 o'clock at night when that game ended. That was – yeah, that was a uh, that was an insane. That was my first time at Iowa, and I was very impressed. of twenty seventeen, it's
1: right up on you, man. It's the 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 sideline walls. I mean, you have no room on the sideline. Uh, so that one stands out to me. As far as SEC, I mean, I'll go ahead and say Auburn was was electric when we played there. Since you already brought him up, when we were able to play there, it was really really loud. I mean, I got I got sacked on the first third game or uh, third down of the game. I got sacked, and. Uh, man, my ears hurt more than like any part of my body. <laughs> like, it, it was, it was rocking. And so, uh, you know, Auburn was really loud. I um, Texas A&M kind of reminded me of Penn state in a weird way. I just like with the way the, uh, the, the, the stadium was, was, I mean, it, cause you know, a lot of these places, like let's, let's use Michigan, for example, Michigan has a huge stadium, but it goes wide, you know, yep. like the fishbowl it's wide. So it really, I mean, I can't say that it didn't get loud because when we played there in uh, would have been 18, we played there in 18 on the, like revenge tour or whatever. It was really loud and nobody left the game. I mean, they, they obviously, they, they beat up on us and nobody left. I mean, I'm in the game, the game in the fourth quarter and it's just as loud, you know, they're up you know 40 points and it's third down and we're still using like clap cadence, you know? So it was, it was really loud that time, but you know, the most, for the most part, those places that are wide, aren't as loud. The places that are built right up on top of you, like Beaver Stadium, were the loud ones. And um, that one was loud. A&M, like I said, reminded me of Penn State. It was pretty cool. Um, Where else did we play?
0: Were the Cowbells annoying in Starkville? Eh, I
1: mean, they would never ring them when we were on offense. That was cool. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. They were real they were I could see how people could say they were annoying. I will say that. Just based if you if you're the other team, I mean it's it's loud, man. Then things get loud. And uh I don't know the, the rules but like I don't some teams, some teams aren't allowed to have like those like, I don't think you could bring like cowbells into Penn State. I like, I think that's no. a rule. So I don't really understand how some teams are allowed to do it and not. Um but you know. Yes, they were very loud, and they would they would rock them. <laughs> That's sure.
0: They rock them extremely loud. Um, and, and just like a quick note, yeah, that Michigan game in 2018, I've been to Michigan twice, and I've been there in 2016 and 2018, and I've decided I don't think I'm going to go back to Michigan because both times I've been there have been absolute just awful experiences. Um, that 2018 game – I don't know who was DJing up in the booth, but they must have been to a lot of Penn State games because they were they were a little revenge tour of their own as far as the music selection. Um, in that fourth quarter, there was some there were some Penn State bangers being played at the end of that one that I was like, huh, they they, they figured it all out, so good for them. But
1: I'll um, never forget dude. we were it was about to start the fourth quarter and they played like a video of Coach Franklin at practice or something saying that we wanted to go in there and you know make sure that the, the crowd wasn't a factor. Mind you, the game. Is over.
0: <laughs> like right. they're up
1: like 30, 40 points. We're for going into the fourth quarter, dude. I'm telling you, nobody left the stadium. And you can relate to this because you were there. It was so loud on that first snap of the fourth quarter. I, was, I mean, it was right. The, the if you go
0: back and watch the film, the film's shaking. The camera's shaking. It's so loud. So that was that was a. Uh, I don't know what it is about there, but both times we're there, it feels like quicksand. We ever, the harder Penn State tries to play, the worse it just seems to be getting. So. Um, One more thing, you you mentioned coaching, you know, you're still going to go to the CFL and and see where that takes you, Um, but, you know, you're starting to see guys now that you played with getting into the coaching, whether it's, you know, Hackenberg's, you know, coaching at the high school level, but he's coaching with Bill Belton, actually, right, Um, and so people are getting into the coaching ranks, some guys faster than others, you know, when that time comes to hang up the cleats and and pick up a clipboard, you know, what are your thoughts, where would you kind of like to start, you know? talk to me?
1: I don't know. I, I'm not really sure where I would want to start. Yes, I definitely want to get into the coaching. Um, but, you know, it kind of takes me back to the conversation with Coach Moorhead that I've had recently. I Man, I was just talking to him, just, you know, just, you know, just kind of shooting the stuff and, you know, just talking to him about, you know, life and how everything's going for him and stuff. And, um, you know, he's asking about my career. And at that point, I knew what I was going to do. And so I told him and uh, he's like, yeah, I'm just gonna make sure you keep playing for as long as you can. So, you know, I think that's something I'm going to do. You know, there's a fine line between playing too long and, um, you know, letting those relationships wash up. But I definitely think that there's going to be an opportunity for me somewhere. So I'm going to play for as long as I can up until the point where I feel like it's, you know, it's time. Um, as far as, you know, college, NFL, I mean, who knows? Who knows what I'm going to end up doing? But, um, you know, luckily for me, there's, 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 there's a lot of, um, a lot of people out there, there's a lot of different connections that I have at a lot of different places. Um, you know, my, my little brother is starting or I can't even say starting to get recruited. He's getting pretty heavily recruited uh, now going into his senior year. So um, you know, being able to go with him on some of these, these visits and um meet some some of the coaches that recruited me when i was in high school and make new relationships with other people it's, it's really cool it's really cool and yeah, I, I don't think that there's going to be a shortage of opportunities for me whenever that time comes so we'll see what happens
0: you tell your brother like oh no no that, that that coach is full of shit don't don't listen to that dude or that yeah i know you're probably having those conversations with him but i just think that's funny because you, you've been through it right and they can't you know they can't fool you twice so <laughs> it's cool
1: it's cool for me i've been able to um uh, it's cool for him too. I mean, it's like like we were talking about Huff earlier. Huff offered him uh, at Marshall. Um, You know, Coach Ronnie has been in contact with him. He, you know, they're they're not going to offer him just like Asen has a Tennessee offer. You know what I mean? So, um, now I'm just using them for an example. I think I think Tennessee's his biggest offer, Um, and you know, he's he's got a real bright future ahead of him. Asin's actually going to play on the defensive side of the ball, so uh, a little bit different than me. But you know, he's a freak show, man. He's He's every bit of uh, probably 6'4", 220 right now, going into his senior year. If you remember, I showed up to Penn State; I was 6'3", 185 on my first day. So he's way ahead of the growth curve that I was on, um, and uh, he's he's gonna be really really talented. So uh, I'm excited excited for him, I'm excited for his future, and uh, what you know whatever whatever route he ends up going. But you know, luckily for him, I've been through it, and I can kind of you know, weed some of the stuff out for him and let him know what I think and be a, you know, just an extra set of eyes and ears for him. So, um, but you know, very, very excited for him.
0: He may, he may have already pointed this out to you, but he is the seventh rated player in the state of Indiana. You were the ninth player in the state of Indiana coming out. just want to make sure you're yeah, aware of that one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's got you there by the
1: way from letting me know that. Yeah. And I, I let my guy, Steve will He's, he's, uh, like, I think he's the director right now of 24 seven. He's really climbed the ranks, but he was the, uh, the area reporter when I was in high school. I let Steve know that I thought it was bullshit. I was like, Hey man, like this is, <laughs> this is what are we doing here? You know, but no, man, Asin, uh, he's a lot farther along right now, physically, um, mentally just knowing the game. He's a lot farther along than what I was in high school. And so, um, you know, I'm like I said, man, I keep saying I'm excited for him. Cause I think that he's going to be, uh, I think he's going to be special. So we'll see what happens, man. We'll see if, uh, coach Franklin will pull the trigger on him. Uh, Who knows? Yeah. yeah.
0: You can't give any insider information to that. Is he, is he coming to, is he invited to junior day maybe even, or any thought? I don't think so. I don't think that they've
1: heard much. I I know coach Pry like there was a little bit of a connection there between coach Pry because coach Pry you know, talked to him all the time when, when I was around and, um, I I think Virginia tech's going to pursue him now, (laughs) but we'll, uh,
0: there's a lot... Oh, you know what? This is a question I didn't write down. I'm just curious because it just happened. There's a lot of people from Penn State on that Virginia Tech staff. There sure And the one guy that happened, and I don't think people really talked about it enough, at least I haven't heard people talk, Michael Hazel going to Virginia Tech. It's um, big. I was, I was a little surprised by that. Yeah. And so my thought is this. As far as a football operation guy, I don't know how much higher up he could have got than he was at Penn State. So I'm not really sure... The reason for that, but just quickly kind of what did uh, Mike Hazel bring to the table for Penn State? And I, the, th- the thought process, this is just on the episode I recorded yesterday, was James Franklin just lost, you know, Brent Pry and Michael Hazel. You could argue, you know, two of the closest people in his kind of chain of command. What did Hazel bring for people that have no idea who Michael Hazel is? Yeah, no, Hazel's uh, was a huge
1: piece. Um, you know, he kind of ha- handles all the behind the scenes work. Him and uh, Kevin Threlkel. So, really, I, if as long as I'm understanding this the right way, Threlkel was uh, the chief of staff, or is the chief of staff at Penn State. That's the the role that uh, Hazel just took at Virginia tech. So I think that that is the highest role that he could have had. And that's, that's why he took the job. But, you know, they, both of those two guys did a lot of the behind the scenes work. And, um, uh, you know, I was never really hands-on with a lot of stuff that Hazel did. I mean, we just didn't work together a whole lot. Um, But I do understand the significance of having somebody like him and Kevin, Around because, uh, you know, you can't, there's only so much that a head coach can, you know, understand and, um, you know, manage at one time. You know, there's, I mean, you have so much stuff going on. So those guys were able to, uh, to manage some of that workload. And, um, and I, behind the scenes, as far as like the, those, like, It's hard for me to believe anybody does a better job uh, than, you know, what Penn State was able to do while I was there, at least from my experience, you know, because everything from, you know, how how things were ran and, uh, you know, the way that the program was ran. I mean, it was it was such a smooth running operation. And I think it all goes back to the relationships. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, a lot of people at Penn State now that weren't there when I was there. Um, Yeah, I, I don't know for sure, but. Right now, the only people that come to mind are Cider, Coach Cider, who got there when I was – he got there for my last year. And then um, Coach Terry, who was, who was there, obviously, my full-time. So, I don't know if there's any – and, obviously, uh, Big Deej, um, the strength coach, he was there, and him and Coach Franklin are really tight. And, um, I'm not really sure. And all the strength guys are still there, with the exception of Little Deej, uh, obviously taking the role at, at uh, Virginia Tech now. Um there's a lot of guys that are there that that weren't there when um, when I was there, and that group's been together for
0: a long time,
1: uh, dating back to the Vanderbilt days. So, but that's the that's the nature of the beast, right? That's, that's right. Kind of how yeah, we'll give goes. a uh,
0: we'll give a shout out to Gold PJ Mullen too. He's not Rutgers, but he was he played a massive role to to the younger guys especially.
1: PJ helped me so much, man. He he really helped me so much in my first uh, my first semester because you know back then guys didn't really early enroll all that much. Uh and not as much I mean how many how many kids are gonna early enroll this year? Depends.
0: I don't know if they've given an exact number, but I'm wouldn't I'm thinking at least ten. At Isn't that ridiculous?
1: Yeah, like there's there's only two. Me and Sterling Jenkins were the only two to early enroll <laughs> in uh Dude. my first year. So that's uh that was things have changed a little bit. But yeah, PJ hooked us up, man. PJ put us uh our dorm room was uh in South where it's like right across the street from McDonald's. Uh, for the people that you know that know Penn State, are that's and that they were brand new at the time, and so everybody else in my class was, was in Beaver, Beaver Hall, yeah, which is you know a little bit more beat up, rough. So me and Sterling had it good, man. We were right there in uh, the uh, somehow. I don't know how they how they messed this stuff up, but they uh, they put us around the sorority floors. So uh, me and Sterling had a lot of uh, a lot of friends that had extra meal swipes at the end of the year. So it, was, <laughs> the ex, it was the good, best, best, best part about those. those, I, when those my, my first summer, summer I, was I was actually, actually in, in those, those two. two. Yeah. The, best the best part, part was, your was your own personal, personal AC unit. Oh, man. You got that as thing low as low as you, you wanted. wanted. And, and, um, and, also and also, Sterling, Sterling Jenkins,
0: I mean, mean that, that he, he would, ride would ride a bike a lot throughout, throughout campus. campus. And yeah. I, I just, just never seen, seen someone, someone look, look more comfortable, comfortable riding a bike. Riding a bike <laughs> as far as just, just, like, I don't know if you could build a bike big enough for Sterling. Yeah, you should you should have seen him trying to sleep in those uh, tiny twin size beds. <laughs> <laughs> he looked a little bit more comfortable with that. <laughs> uh, I'm convinced, by the way, as far as Penn State recruiting offensive linemen, that in order to start recruiting better offensive linemen, they've got to stop putting them in Beaver Hall. Like you've got to stop doing that to these poor guys. Like that's the reason.
1: I agree. I I'm agree. I fig-
0: I figured they would have made a, a switch by now, um,
1: and and start putting these guys in. like I think East. I think East is like the best ones
0: now. Is that right? Yeah that that was that was being done when i once i left but yeah i think they're fancy now
1: i feel like east i don't know east and might be a little bit farther away from beaver but i would i mean i would rather be any east or south than than beaver <laughs> and anything me and
0: anything me beaver. and
1: mike me and mike used to go to east all the time and get pizza over there that was our spot back when they used to serve it over there
0: yeah the uh the onion
1: i think it was the onion that sounds right to me
0: yeah, I have a shirt that when they close, I have a goodbye onion shirt that I still have somewhere. So um, it's
1: closed over there now.
0: Yeah, it's a whole, it's a whole different world, man. It's a whole different world. Well, I'm gonna let you get out of here, dude. Thank you for being so generous with your time and and just my personal advice, dude. I would be playing football as much as possible, and then I would be hanging out with Joe Moorhead as much as possible. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, that, would yeah. Just be that doesn't my, sound uh, too bad, man. And that sounds pretty sound sweet. <laughs> yeah, I, no, will, I appreciate uh, I'll let it, man. Yeah, thanks dude. for having me on. Yeah, congratulations on signing and and good luck to you this upcoming season. We'll be uh I'll have to learn the rules cuz I'm going to be honest, I, maybe you still need to learn the rules too. I I know there's different things. I just be careful of the goalposts.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's that's a big worry of mine. It's either running into it or throwing somebody into it, that'd be a problem. But no, I'm sure I'll get used to it. I mean, there's 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 some rule changes. Um a lot of things are different for um guys that aren't playing quarterback. I mean, for me Nothing really changes all that much. I mean, there's an extra guy on the field. And then, you know, obviously all the motion rules are a little bit different. But, but other than that, man, it's really uh, not too much different for me. Oh, and the fact that there's one less down. There's only three downs instead of four. That's, that's a pretty big deal, too. So uh, pass yeah, friendly yeah, yeah. league, I'm excited for it, man. I think it's uh, very quarterback friendly. So um, I'm excited excited to get over there and then uh, not have to dress warm. <laughs> it's like 15 degrees here. It's like negative – 20 there
0: yeah that that's that's a lot different i'll give you that, yeah, that that's pretty cool <laughs> pretty dramatically different yeah But hey man i appreciate you i mean you you know we we thought maybe an hour and we have gone way over that i know there's gonna be a lot of people that are gonna be super excited for you to you know to, to listen to this because you broke down a lot of things that people are a lot really curious about and you know you're not alone as far as especially the way these last two seasons seasons have went you know, people are pretty happy to look back at 2016, 2017, and 2018, and you were a big—you know—you played a big role in that. So we appreciate you spending some time here and and talking with us. And, and again, man, good luck in the future.
1: Yeah, man, no problem. I Appreciate you having me, and it's uh, yeah, it's cool, man. It's cool to uh, you know reflect back on those times, and those are the the best. Those are the best days. So I uh, wish we could wish we could both go back and do it all over again.
0: yeah no that that would be uh that'd be pretty good but i
1: now we're old and washed
0: (laughs) yeah well you speak for yourself dude i'm not washed
1: (laughs) all right man oh man all right court
0: wow i mean that was a fantastic interview thank you to tommy stevens once again on joining hardcore penn state football and good luck to you in the cfl the calgary stampeders we're gonna have to learn college or canadian football and uh, learn the rules there and and watch him as he uh, takes his next step in his career. Fantastic stuff today from him. A lot of in-depth stories. I I really enjoyed this interview. It was a a pleasure to speak with him. Hope you enjoyed it, listening to it. And if you did, hey, why don't you drop a five-star review on Apple, five-star rating on Spotify, share it with a friend, anything like that helps. So for Hardcore Penn State Football, I'm Corey Lestokey, and I will see you next time.